0: If you watch the uh, news gatherers or read news gathering uh, you have not been able to uh, ignore the uh, fire in northern California. Uh, it's particularly a feature of uh, network newscasts. And yes. yes, it is presented as an example of climate change. It's presented as an example of uh, man, us, people, humans uh, burning fossil fuels. Uh I, that cannot be determined and i i don't mean to suggest this fire is is not in, not insignificant it's dreadful people are losing everything they've worked for all their lives people have lost their lives it's scarring beautiful beautiful country firefighters have died it's a dreadful dreadful fire is that understood i gotcha. want the euphorians and the people listening in liberal lakes to understand that I think this is an absolutely regrettable, horrible situation. Mm -hmm. I started playing around with the numbers. What did you find? Well, the Mendocino Complex Fire in Northern California is now the largest in state history. And that, I've been able to determine by research, is not true. But I'll get to that in a moment. Okay. Uh, So far, 283,800 acres. uh, This is from the Sacramento Bee. Cal Fire reported Monday. The 11-day old blaze is mainly mountainous terrain near Clear Lake. Topped the uh, the 11-day old blaze in mainly mountainous terrain near Clear Lake topped the Thomas Fire, which was the state's largest for about 8 months after burning through 281,893 acres in Santa Barbara and Ventura counties in December of 2017 and January of 2018, all right? Uh Cal Fire Operations Chief Charlie Blankenheim said in a video update Monday morning on Facebook that success against the river fire uh, was due to a very large aircraft show Sunday. Mm -hmm. 15 to 18 helicopters made water drops out of Clear Lake, and 10 to 12 air tankers made drops throughout the day. If today goes well, the river fire is going to be in really good shape tonight, he said. All right. Uh, the two fires have combined, so it's it's a massive, massive, massive fire. All right, the car fire has also hit the state's all-time charts for destruction. The fire has destroyed more than sixteen hundred structures, many of them homes in Redding, making it the sixth most damaging in state history. Okay, let's go back to the yep. beginning. The Mendocino Complex Fire in Northern California is now the largest in state history, scorching two hundred eighty-three thousand eight hundred acres. Okay. I like lakes. I like, I use lakes for comparison, right? right? That's, uh, that's two Lake Mille Lacs in size. Well, two Lake Mille Lacs would be 265,032 acres. So you need another 25, uh, you need another 25,000 acres. Uh, you could add Pepin, add Lake Pepin. Okay. And you're at, you're at that size. Okay. Now imagine this. Then I start thought, thought well, that is insignificant in a state the size of California, right. So then I but I'm not saying it's an insignificant fire. I know I'll be misinterpreted on this. I think it's terribly significant because it's burning where people have lived right. and live. It's terribly significant. I'm talking in terms of geography, the hysteria cannot be dealt with with reason. in a state okay where's where's that? Where is it? Uh, I got it here. I looked all this stuff up. Uh, California is uh, more than 100 million acres in size. Where the hell did I put it? California is over 100 million acres. All right. 100 million. Only Alaska and Texas have more acres than California. Okay. So, uh Alaska has uh, 424,491,046 acres. Alaska constitutes 17.48% of the U.S., Texas is 171,891, I'm sorry, 171,891,725 acres. That's 7.08 of the U.S. California is 4.31% of the U.S. Those are the only states with 100 million acres or more. Alaska, Texas, and California. Got it. Uh, Rhode Island uh, is the smallest state. Uh, It comprises 0.04% 0.04% of the US it's at 988,832 acres okay. all right as we said earlier Minnesota's 12th largest 55,640,877 acres uh, 2.29% of the US so yes
1: this is a big a big fire because it's har- it's harming people right leveling it- houses taking everything in its path
0: but if you want to compare it to something you know in Minnesota, it's consumed two areas the size of Lake Mille Lacs and then add Lake Pepin. And you'd have to arrive at the conclusion that geographically, that's insignificant. In human toll, it's horrible. Right. It's horrible. So then I started thinking, uh, the size of these, if you overlay a map of Alaska on the lower 48. Okay. And you put it kind of in the middle of the lower 48. What does it cover? Iowa, Missouri, Illinois, Michigan, Indiana, most of Minnesota, some of the Dakotas, uh, Iowa, Nebraska. And then because of the islands, it would reach all the way down to Florida and all the way out to the West Coast. It's just massive.
1: It's just massive. I'm, so, I'm seeing a picture of it right now. Isn't that something? Yes, that is something. Wow. Right. So the, the
0: fire in California uh and it is being reported daily that this fire is exacerbated by climate change that that cannot be established if history is any guide but but i'll i 'll read the uh, i 'll read the you know the conditions leading up to the fire including included a much longer and more severe annual drought than usual okay with rains largely easing in March and less than one centimeter of participation being recorded for the five and a half months prior. This was coupled with multiple catabolic wind events known as uh, Santa Ana's, uh, which occurred 10 days prior and likely, oh, I'm sorry, wait, I'm reading about the Santiago Canyon fire in California in 1889, which burned
1: 300,000 acres. Ah, so there's, and we recovered from that. It burned uh,
0: Orange County, Riverside County, and San Diego County during the last week of September in 1889. It was pro- uh, was possibly the largest single wildfire in the recorded history of California, burning at least 300,000 acres of land. Assistant Regional Forester L.A. Barrett, who wrote a 1935 report on California wildfires, said of it, I was living in Orange County at the time and well remember the great fire reported herein from September 24 to 20." 26. Nothing like it occurred in California since the National Forests have been administered. In fact, in my 33 years in the service, I have never seen a forest or brush fire to equal it. This one covered an enormous scope of country and burned rapidly. Conditions leading up to the 1889 fire included a much longer and more severe annual drought than usual, with rains largely ceasing in March and less than one centimeter of precipitation being recorded for the five and a half months prior. Wow. These are records from the National Archives. This was coupled with multiple catabolic wind events known as Norther's or Santa Ana's. That month, one of which occurred about 10 days prior and likely added to the dryness of fuels. Temperatures during the week, uh, during the week prior remained high and were coupled with several severe fires in San Diego County, in which at least 10,000 acres burned over uh, and a, a house was destroyed. Okay. Well, because not as many people were living right. in California in 1889. And uh, there were no cars in California in 1889.
1: <clears throat> 300,000 uh, acres, you say?
0: 300,000 acres. And the current devastation in Northern California is approaching that. It's 283,800 acres, <clears throat> which is two Lake Mille Lacs and a Lake Pepin.
1: And again, the only difference now is... Because people are living everywhere. And it's dreadful. It's, it's a gorgeous, us.
0: gorgeous country. A country I uh, I have always intended to want to see and haven't. Uh, it, it's,
1: but what it shows you is that
0: uh, how but, nature but, but, repairs but, but, but itself. Here, but here, let me finish this off. How then can it be attributed to climate change today when a larger fire with similar weather conditions occurred in 1889? It can't be right. People weren't driving in California in 1889. They didn't have air conditioning in 1889. They didn't have washers and dryers. They rarely would have had electricity. They didn't have microwaves or computers. They had nothing that was really putting a demand on a power grid. Mm. They weren't burning fossil fuels. But we've reached the point. Where if there is a fire of this magnitude now, and again, I have to keep repeating this so people don't ram their Priuses into a bike path. I have to keep repeating this. This is dreadful because this is taking lives. It's dreadful, but it's happened before. California has been prone to fires. Mm -hmm. And yet you have a a guy like Jerry Brown saying, this is the hottest it's been in 10,000 years. Well, not really, Jerry. 10,000 years ago was when the, the glaciers kind of came in and settled in here and created what we now know as Minnesota.
1: Look at how we can repair our, uh, ourselves. Look at how nature can repair itself.
0: But we've reached the point where news gatherers most often are, are pitting man against nature with man as the dominant force. And if only man would change behaviors, there wouldn't be fires to which any reasonable, rational human being would have to say, then please explain the Santiago Canyon fire to me from 1889.
1: And that would shut them up because they wouldn't have done their research about it. And there's a number of sites devoted
0: just to the Santiago Canyon fire. Now, I hope this fire doesn't reach 300,000 acres. I hope they get a handle on it. Right, and give
1: us some rain, Lord.
0: They're at 283,800 acres right now. And and for perspective, that's two Lake Malax and a Lake Pepin, in the third largest state in the country.
1: All right, before we go to break, yeah, uh, a former intern that has worked on the Garage Logic broadcast yes. at the State Fair, yes. reports to me, and he should know this because he's he spent some time there. There's three million lakes in Alaska mm-hmm. bigger than forty acres. Wow, isn't that something? That is an amazing boy. If they ever get a fire, they're gonna just scoop it right out and pour it right on there. Uh, I'll look at the time. Yeah, let's do Damn this. It. It's the end of the world as we know it. Joe
0: By the way, people who lose loved ones in that Northern California fire, mm-hmm. they have every right in the world to be hysterical. Okay. David Muir has no right in the world to be hysterical by implying that that fire is the direct result of man's ruination of the earth. Okay, I'm that cannot you. be demonstrated. The chief offsite correspondent Kelsey has linked me now to the largest forest fires in Minnesota history, according to the Minnesota DNR. Not a talk show host. Not you. 1894, the Hinckley Fire, 350,000 acres. Wow. 1910, the Baudette Spooner Fire, 300,000 acres. 1863, the Alice Saganaga Fire, 275,000 acres. 1918, the Cloquet Moose Lake Fire, 250,000 acres. 1755, 160,000 acres lost in the Loch LaCroix Fire, Wait, 1755. They were keeping track then? I don't know how they, DNR came up with that. 1894, 130,000 acres in the same area, Locke LaCroix fire. 1864, 110,000 acres, Little Sioux fire. Here's another one from the 1700s. 1727, 100,000 acres, Sawbill Winchell fire. 2011, 93,000 acres, the Pagami Creek fire. Uh, 2007, 76,000 acres, Ham Lake fire. The point being that given this history, it is not possible to prove that the fires in Northern California deserve the hysteria of having been caused by humans burning fossil fuels. And if you do believe that, what are you doing about it? Do you get rid of your car? You got a furnace? You got air conditioning? Do you use electricity? What are you doing about it? That's what, Who's the only guy I'll take a lecture from? Uh, Juan Velde. Uh, no, you should know his name without being a complete sophomore. P, uh, P, uh, Pedro. Pedro. Pedro Luca. You got it. Okay. Pedro Luca. The hermit in Argentina or wherever he lives who's never used an ounce of energy. Never used one ounce of Pedro Luca. petroleum products, electricity, anything. Nothing. Lives in a cave. Spears rabbits with a stick. And drinks from a stream
1: <laughs> Yes he does. So our record is 350,000 acres. I mean it's not a record you'd want, but
0: 350,000 acres, the Hinckley fire, 1894.
1: And they're approaching they're at two 280- they're at 283
0: in California.
1: Uh, I th- and they, and these elites who who want to
0: provide the hysteria, you know, they can't wait to get to the Hamptons this weekend. They're not going to walk there. Right. That's where they have their boat and then they'll drive their BMW there and then they'll have air conditioning in their house and they think nothing of coming back on the air Monday and telling me that a forest fire is the result of man burning fossil fuels. Well, have they stopped burning fossil fuels? Does is anyone is anyone have any uh, uh, standards of, of the way they're going to lead their life?
1: No, they don't care because they know people aren't paying attention.
0: And you got the multi-guys with their yachts banging coral off the seafloor in the Caymans, and they want to lecture me about how the Earth should be taken care of. B as in B, S as in S. GLers are way ahead of the curve. GLers are last droppers. They're conservationists by nature. It is wise to husband the Earth and not be careless. We already do that. So... What do you keep doing there? What's going on?
1: talking to Bruce Vale.
0: Oh. He's setting
1: up. I, I thought, want to make sure it's not scratchy. I thought uh, yeah. Reavers was bothering you. No, Reavers is actually paying attention. I think he's right he's, here. he's trying to transfer right now um, the acreage of 350000 into Venezuelan acreage.
0: Why don't you tell him to get that call, and I'll say that we'll be back in just a moment. I'll tell him. But they now, thanks to I'm our good f- friends. Wait a minute. Have I jumped the gun here? No, you're good. Oh,
1: you're right on. Now, Bruce thanks to our
0: good friends in Owatonna, Minnesota, at Federated Insurance, where it's their business to protect your business, and nobody does that better than Federated. It's Bruce Vale
2: from the Wall Street Journal in Your Money Now. You know, I'm deeply into conservation myself. I'm recycling scripts from three years ago. <laughs> you know? you just never threw away, uh, did you? Nobody will notice. Never, no one. Apple shares are at $32, so that's, uh, maybe they'll notice that. Uh, we're looking at a good day today. Stocks have been higher all throughout today's trading session. All across the board right now, the Dow Jones Industrial Average up 162 points. The NASDAQ Composite is ahead 31, and the S&P 500 is holding on to an 11-point gain. A multinational agricultural company based in Idaho has acquired gene-editing licensing rights that could one day be used to help farmers produce more crops and make grocery store offerings like strawberries, potatoes, and avocados stay fresh or longer. J.R. Simplot, known for French fries, announced the agreement with Dow DuPont and the Broad Institute of MIT and Harvard, the developers of that gene editing technology. T-Mobile launched, or will be launching, a new unlimited plan for people looking to cut back on the bonus features in exchange for a cheaper rate. Called T-Mobile Essentials, the new plan will be available Friday and is just like it sounds, it's just the basics for 60 bucks a month for one line 90 for two or 120 for four you get unlimited talk text and 4g lte data i'm bruce vale with your money now on 1500 espn
1: all right thanks call you later
2: i'll be around 10 bruce vale with the your money now report
1: all right it is tuesday afternoon this is one of your last chances to get on 1500 ESPN's Majors Fantasy Golf Challenge. It's back for one final round this year for the PGA Championship. Your chance to win a trip for four to Craigens. two rounds of golf, two nights lodging, breakfast each day. Craigens is one of my favorite places to go. Dutch and the crew do a great job. Choose your
2: Logic segment
3: down the Here's John Height. Thank you, Joe. Partly sunny and 77 degrees. Twins in Cleveland. Game two of their series in Cleveland tonight. Alberto Mejia pitches for the Twins. Carlos Carrasco for Cleveland. A Viking coach, Mike Zimmer, today said uh, his team has no interest whatsoever in veteran guard Richie Incognito. Incognito, in an interview, said he'd been contacted by several teams, including the Vikings, this morning. Coach Zimmer said that uh, claim. I don't know that. That claim is, in his words, totally false. Well, and plus, the guy's a psycho. Richie he's, Incognito. He's got some problems. He's got some issues. Got a neat case. name. Incognito. Incognito. Yeah. He's, got, he's got some issues.
1: I, mean, I know, don't know anything about You can't him. recognize it. Yeah. It's inside the cognate. That's right. And if you're Spanish, yeah. it's cognito. Mm-hmm. Hey, speaking of doing President W, we have a big guest coming up at three o'clock Frank Heliendo. Today. Today, three, oh, sometime cool. in the three o'clock hour. Yeah. First segment? Yeah. Hmm.
3: Lynx try to break their three-game losing streak tonight there in Chicago to play the Sky. But Rebecca Brunson with the team. She suffered a nose injury Sunday is listed as day-to-day.
0: Can you go back to that earlier story where one of the uh, WNBA teams didn't want to uh-huh. play? Yeah. I predict that'll be happening more and more often, and it'll spread to other sports. Well, but this—I don't you think this
3: was a unique circumstance? 26 hours?
0: I don't care. I'm just saying, I predict I predict you will see, uh, I, I can particularly see it happening in baseball where they're coddled already, saying we can't play tonight because we were delayed four hours in Toronto. I, I just see that coming down the pike. That's all I'm seeing. I think the Mystics, was it the
3: Mystics? Is that who, what the team it, was? No, it was the Aces. It or was the Las, Aces Las, Las Vegas. Vegas. Yeah. Uh, I, I predict that they'll have a new traveling secretary <laughs> if it took them 26 hours to get they, from. They left at 1 o'clock on Thursday, and got there at 3 o'clock on Friday. 1 p.m. Thursday they left, 3 p.m. Friday they got there. Well, why would that be the fault of the traveling secretary? It, it was apparently uh, cancellations and right. disruptions, oh, okay. that sort of thing. So. Got it. News notes from today. The Minnesota Department of Corrections confirming today every prison in Minnesota, except the Minnesota Correctional Facility in Stillwater, are now off of lockdown. Prisons across the state placed on lockdown late last month after a corrections officer was killed by an inmate at Stillwater, July 18th. At the Stillwater facility, the DOC said searches will continue throughout the week in an effort to ensure it's safe for staff and for offenders to resume their normal schedules. Meals and medications are being delivered to offenders in their cells, and they are being provided high hygiene bags, and showers. They can also write and now receive mail. Beginning today, the DOC said they'll be able to order additional food and hygiene items through the canteen. Legal and professional visits scheduled to resume tomorrow, and a plan to reopen the facility to general visitors is in progress. After a decision last week by the St. Paul City Council to approve a pilot program, Lime has announced it was unveiling a fleet that will number 150 electric scooters in the city of St. Paul starting this morning. In a release, the company said it may adjust the fleet size in the weeks to come based on rider demand and consultation with city officials. Those scooters will cost a buck to unlock and 15 cents per minute of riding, according to the release. The company said it will collect its scooters on a daily basis, charge them overnight, and redistribute them the next day in approved areas. Release said the scooters are the same ones that are being used in Minneapolis over the past few weeks. The program approved by the St. Paul City Council followed earlier attempts this summer to introduce scooters without official permission. Lime's a startup based in San Mateo, California. They recently drew some investment from Uber. Wall Street Journal reporting President Trump's former lawyer, Michael Cohen, is under federal investigation now for tax fraud and possibly misrepresenting his finances. The reported investigation adds to a wide-ranging federal investigation that Cohen is already facing in relation to his business affairs and his work with the president. According to the Journal, authorities are investigating whether Cohen underreported his income in federal tax returns, in which he reaped hundreds of thousands of dollars over the past five years. People familiar with the matter told the Wall Street Journal, authorities also investigating whether any bank employees were improperly permitted to give the lawyer loans when he didn't provide adequate documentation. TSA now says the agency has no plans to drop its security screening at 150 small airports. The proposal, they say, was never really under serious consideration as reported. It was just part of, they say, an annual budget exercise that assumed a worst-case scenario for the 2020 budget. No plans, according to Administrator David Pekoski, to cut security screening, uh, screening at airports that currently have it. He said TSA will not be eliminating passenger screening at any federalized U.S. Airports. A powerful storm that pummeled a busy Colorado Zoo with large hail yesterday injured 14 people and killed at least two animals. About 3,400 people were at the Cheyenne Mountain Zoo in Colorado Springs at the time. The zoo estimates as many as 400 vehicles in the parking lot were damaged. Jenny Cook of the Cheyenne Mountain Zoo's marketing director department said it was hail the size I've never seen before. Basically, chunks of ice were falling from the sky, she said. The zoo's website said a vulture and a duck were killed by the hail. Denver Post also reports a second vulture died. They needed helmets. <laughs>
1: they have vultures at a zoo? I guess. Hmm.
3: There was uh, a video of uh, somebody shooting through the windows at the monkeys, the gorillas. They were gorillas, not monkeys. The gorillas didn't care. They were just they're just, they were just bouncing off them. They were just eating grass. And really? They could have cared less. Yeah. They, you'd think they would seek shelter. And there were very large uh, chunks of hail, too. so. Hmm. Medical personnel set up a triage for visitors at the entrance of the zoo. Five people taken to the hospital with traumatic injuries after the short but intense storm <laughs> the, passed over. The little
1: monkeys with the, the bandage around <laughs> yeah. their head waiting in the, wait- the zoo
3: waiting room. <laughs> Another nine people were treated at the sea and the Cheyenne Mountain Zoo evacuated people from the zoo and they were transported by bus to Cheyenne Mountain High School. Critics are speaking out against a proposal put forth by the Environmental Protection Agency that would allow for new uses of asbestos, which, of course, is heavily restricted because of its links to cancer and other diseases. In June, the EPA, when Scott Pruitt was still in charge, proposed a significant new use rule for certain uses of asbestos. While the EPA framed the proposal in a positive light, calling it the first such action on asbestos ever proposed, critics said it fails to recognize the dangers of the material, which has been associated with lung cancer, mesothelioma, and asbestosis. According to the nonprofit Environmental Working Group, the EPA also announced it will not review exposures from abandoned uses of asbestos. Documents the EPA released in June indicate the agency would dramatically scale back safety evaluations for 10 chemicals under the revamped Toxic Substances Control Act. Linda Reinstein, president and co-founder of the Asbestos Disease Awareness Organization, said that while an estimated 15,000 Americans die each year due to asbestos-related diseases that are preventable, raw asbestos imports and use are continuing. House Speaker Paul Ryan says he's very comfortable with the decisions he made during the Trump administration. He told the New York Times in an interview published today, I would make them again, do it again the same way. Some folks have criticized Ryan for his soft approach to criticizing the president's more controversial moves, as he rarely speaks directly in opposition to President Trump. Uh, He told the Times, I can look myself in the mirror at the end of the day and say, I avoided that tragedy, I avoided that tragedy, and I avoided that tragedy. I advanced this goal, I advanced this goal, and I advanced this goal. When asked exactly what tragedies he's helped avoid, Ryan returned to tactical silence, saying, no, I, I don't want to do that. Ryan. I prefer not to. Yes. Ryan. It's like
1: the the Prince family that wanted to be listed as cousins, but right. didn't want to take the paternity, the test, the DNA test. Uh, Ryan spoke I about... I took the test. You did? Were Ryan, you our distant cousin? No. No? Dang no. it. I wanted to be. But...
3: <laughs> Ryan spoke about managing his relationship with Trump, uh, who he has a historically rocky relationship with. He said, I think some people would like me to start a civil war in our party, and that would achieve nothing. He said, criticizing the president-only boomerangs, making Mr. Trump go in the opposite direction. Uh, He also used a word I won't use on the air. He said, if you turn it into a bleeping match with him, you're probably not going to win. Burping? Yeah, burping. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what he said. A retired police officer in Illinois has been reunited with a badge he lost while out on a call more than 30 years ago. Bill Goldens, a former officer with the Glenview Police Department, his badge apparently fell off his uniform while he was searching a drunk driver's car. Back in 1987, he was unable to locate the badge, even obtaining a search warrant from a judge to look for it. Golden said a memorabilia-hunting friend recently discovered the missing badge, which bore his number, 148, for sale on eBay. What? The person selling it was in Latvia. Really? Yep. Wow! Gold said he tried to contact the seller, but his inquiries went ignored, so he had eBay shut down the auction. He said he didn't want to buy the badge back since he considered it stolen property, but a friend surprised him with the badge for his 60th birthday, apparently buying it before he had the auction shut down. Retired, How much could that have
0: brought, that Latvian?
3: Yeah. Pulling well,
0: Latvia, that'd be worth a fortune. Mm.
3: Retired officer. How much in Venezuela?
0: That right. would not be not that much.
3: How many leaders?
0: I'd have to go to the conversion Yeah, we're not. That's not.
3: (laughs) Retired officer said he now has all three badges he wore during his tenure with the Glenview department. Dave Dahl coming up.
0: You cannot stop it. You just make a move. Joe
4: Suchere. Here's Dave Dahl. Thank you, Joe. We have a couple of spotty showers, kind of dotting the radar screen here in the east side of the metro area, stretching from Osceola has the heaviest showers, a little thunderstorm up there. Not expecting anything severe at this point. It just looks like these will produce some heavy downpours. They're not moving very quickly because there's not a lot of wind aloft. So they're, once they develop, they kind of pop up and then they die down. And that'll be the trend here for the next couple of hours. Should fade away after about 4 or 5 p.m. this evening. Some light rain across Dakota County stretching southward, just light showers there. Those are going to fade away as well. So overnight tonight, clearing skies. The overnight low drops down to about 64 degrees. We're going to have partly cloudy skies. It's going to be a hot and sticky day tomorrow up to 88. Could be some isolated showers and storms that form around 4 to 5 p.m. tomorrow. Uh, They will be isolated from the Twin Cities area, especially eastward into west central Wisconsin. I think that's where most of the thunderstorms will be tomorrow. And some of those could be on the strong side, but at this point it doesn't look like many of us will see that. Thursday, another warm day, upper 80s actually, Thursday all the way through the weekend into early next week, even a 90 or two, not out of the question, any of those days. And it does look like it'll stay mainly dry all the way through the weekend. And then the beginning of next week, some showers and storms could pop up by early Tuesday. Tonight, going for a low temperature down to 64. Right now, we're at 77, Joe, and I have the records for the day. August 7th. 98 on this date. 98 in 2001. In
0: 2001. 45. 45 in 1972. In 1972. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. Say, Larry, emailer, Larry reminds me, I should have remembered this in my uh, fire research. Mm-hmm. The Pestigo, is it Pestigo or Pestigo?
1: Uh, that I can't answer. All right.
0: On October 8, 1871, the deadliest wildfire in American history burned 1.2 million acres in northeast Wisconsin. Burning through at least 17 towns on both sides of the waters of Green Bay, the Pestigo fire caused an estimated 169 million dollars in damages. I wonder what that would be today. 1200 lives were lost during the inferno, 800 of whom perished in Pestigo alone. It is said that the city of Pestigo or Pestigo was lost in an hour. Wow! Survivors reported that the fire was caused by railroad railroad workers clearing land for tracks. But we may never know if that is true, because the Pestigo Fire happened on the same night as the Great Chicago Fire. It is lesser known outside of the Great Lakes region. And the Chicago Fire, of course, was caused by what?
1: A cow. Mrs.
0: Mrs. O'Leary's cow. Right. Kicked over the lantern. Boom. The Pestigo Fire. How many acres? Wow. 1.2 million acres. Woo! Have you ever been to Scandia, Minnesota? Yes, I love Scandia. I do, too. Uh, Northern Metro. Uh, those are great driving roads up there in the in the days when I was a motorcyclist. Yes, it's just lovely country. Yeah, it is. Well, uh, the Star Tribune had an interesting story today uh, on the front page. Uh, Scandia is aiming to increase its uh, its notoriety. It, it's wishing to attract more tourists, and. and uh, <laughs> Two highways cross the nearly 40 square miles of rural landscape in northeastern Washington County that makes up Scandia, which was a township only 11 years ago. But few vehicles pull off the road into the heart of what in 1850 became the first Swedish settlement in Minnesota. And city leaders want to know why. We want the hard facts laid out, said Neil Soltis, Scandia's city administrator. They may get them over the next year and a half as the city completes a tourism assessment program through the university of Minnesota extension office and its tourism center, the 12 to 18 month program, which costs a city $7,000 to join begins with an inventory of the area's tourist attractions, seeks feedback from locals and experts on tourism's opportunities and identifies action steps for the community to take. What question did I have reading this story? Um,
1: the question you had is what destination in Scandia is going to be the the number one tourist attraction? It was not my question hmm. why well you have a bucolic
0: little town. Why in the hell do you want to have it overrun with tourists what why, why yeah, don't some of these overrun. places why don't some of these places wish to
1: remain just these charming let it, let it happen naturally let it let the people that are driving through on a, on a nice Harley ride. I would imagine one of the reasons you'd want to live in a place like Scandia is because of the quietude leaving your door unlocked. Do you know the neighbors? what I don't know what, what, obligation, what I would see what, there. what obligation in this case maybe
0: I'm overreaching I, I don't know all the details but what what obligation does the political class have? to infuse a particular area with tourism dollars. Maybe there's a great clamoring for it in Scandia. I don't know. It's what? It's a couple of bakeries and uh, right. a I bar mean, or two. And I haven't been in uh, downtown Scandia in ages.
1: Is there a? Uh, is there a, like a, a, a slide a, a, not a water park? I don't know. It's right near Marina and the St. Croix. Yeah, I know exactly where it's it is. It's just
0: lovely. I've been there many times. Been there many times. Great driving roads. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I can't for the life of me, uh I can't understand who it is that thinks it would be a great idea. Good barn picking.
1: If, good barn picking. I bet it is. <laughs> it is. I bet it is. A lot of good barns there. Yeah. The problem is they all know everybody knows it already, so makes know. it tough in your uh in your in barn. The industry, yeah, yeah. The uh the repurpose industry.
0: Man who has never had a relationship with a tree, Joe Souchere.
1: So Frank is coming up, huh? Yeah, he's going to join us via the telephone. He'll, be, he'll he will be in town during the state fair. So is we'll... he performing at the fair? Uh, he's going to be at Acme. I don't know. Oh. We'll find out where he, uh, what his future plans are at the State Fair too. Maybe if he's looking for a place to hang out, he can come out to the porch. Well, remember, he comes out and then he never leaves though. That's true. That's the problem.
0: Fifteen hundred ESPN is KSTP, St. Paul, Minneapolis. It's seventy seven.